This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Listen, I, I, he can call me whatever he wants. I'd be I, I, <laughs> Stephen. I, if he even gets one of my names right, I'm happy about it. Uh, I'll take it. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. Eight 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 say ESPN. Eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Our topic of the day has been centered around the Boston Celtics, as you would expect. And the lines are open for you on these questions, and they are pretty simple. How do you fix them? And should you break up Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown right now? Because when we talk about them being young, you still have to realize that they have been playing together now five and six years at this point, and maybe, just maybe, they have topped out at what they're going to do. Canty, let's just get to... The fact that you have these two players, that when it comes to talent, are absolutely phenomenal. I mm-hmm. think we have to cut Tatum some slack yesterday. There's no doubt that um, he was definitely hampered by the injury, but he was out there for 43 minutes. The thing you want to knock Tatum on is that he can have amazing, amazingly clutch games, but then he can just disappear in other games where you need him to. And then you look at Jalen Brown, and I absolutely believe what Doris Burke said earlier. He is going to have a very long offseason, often uh, an eight-turnover game yesterday. But it is it is fair to ask the question. I wouldn't break them up yet, just primarily because I think I could take one more run at it if I have the right other people in place. But my leash on it, so to speak, is not terribly long beyond this season. Yeah, but here's the thing about taking another run with these guys. If Jalen Brown has already got a foot out of the door, then then what sense does it make to hang on to him? You're going to take another run of it, and you're not going to go anywhere. What you would do is waste another year of prime Jason Tatum. So if if, it, if the two sides aren't committed, well, I should say three sides, that being JT, JB, and the Boston Celtics, if they're all three not committed to the direction that this franchise is headed in, then you're going to have to move on from one of those pieces and – I guess the easy one to to look at or to point to would be Jalen Brown. So would you not hand him the money right now? No, no. Well, I'm getting to that part of it. But Jalen Brown has been floated in trade rumors in the past. That's a part of why there is a little bit of a rift between him and the organization right now. He was never viewed as the same kind of guy or the same caliber of player as Jason Tatum was. And, and And if you had to decide which one is the better of the two, I think most organizations would choose to build around Tatum over Brown. But it feels like the Boston Celtics are half pregnant. They're caught betwixt and between because they want to make sure that they appease Jalen Brown, but they're also trying to build around Jason Tatum. And I don't know that you can necessarily do enough to compliment both guys. I think it has to be a situation where you take a step back and look at what are the strengths and weaknesses of both players and figure out which one is easiest to retool around. And to me, it feels like that guy would be Tatum over Brown, but those are questions that Brad Stevens should be asking this offseason. Now, to the business of the contract extension, it's a lot of money to commit to Jalen Brown. It is. You're talking about five years, $295 million, and the extension would kick in two years from now, not next season. He's still got one more year on his current deal. After this next next season, you'll be talking about committing over $310 million, I think it's 318 to Jason Tatum. $613 million or whatever to two players. That's a hell of a lot of money, big fella. 
for two guys that have that that have shown me through six seasons that they can't win a title to with one another. I just I don't know that I can bet on the potential of the two guys playing together for the foreseeable to that degree. That is why the stakes were so high for them coming into this postseason. That's why the stakes were high for them going up against a Miami Heat team that, from a talent standpoint, ain't even close. And the fact that they failed this test is why I have to reevaluate what I'm going to do long-term as an organization if I'm Brad Stevens and the Boston Celtics. This, I thought, was a very interesting quote, as you did, too. You're the one who said, hey, make sure we bring that back. That's Glenn Big Baby Davis, who was on with us last hour, saying this about Jason Taylor. I think we just need another elite guy. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care what they say about Paul, but Paul Pierce was an elite guy when we needed him to be. He's going to hit the big shots. He's going to make the big plays. You know what I mean? He's going to step to the plate. You know, he's going to give us 30 when we need 30. You know, he's going to, at the moments of when we need to succeed, Paul's going to be there. That's one thing that he did. I just don't see that in Tatum yet. I think he needs to, you know, understand, like, you know, the times to turn it up and the times to kind of sit back. I don't think he knows that yet. See, my problem with this is that we have seen him do it in incredibly tight circumstances. Last year against Milwaukee. 51 against the Sixers. All of it. We've seen it. I would stick with Tatum, too, if you're telling me i got to split them up. He would be the one that I would keep. My problem with splitting them up right now is, man, it's going to be so hard to try to duplicate uh, having a better overall team like you talk about with the Miami Heat if I move him out because of what I'm getting back. Am I getting back... Not just great culture, guys. Am I getting back enough talent in return on Jalen Brown where I'm going to have a better shot at it relatively soon than I will with Jalen Brown? Well, that would be Brad Stevens' responsibility. Yeah. But but I think you have to at least explore the idea. You have to kick the tires on it. We can't just say, well, I'm afraid to give up a 26-year-old all-NBA player because I don't know if the guys I'm getting back – if it's going to work out, well, I mean, it's not working out now, and you no, got but I mean, all NBA players. Sometimes the devil, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like in this case, for one more year, well, what are you am saying? I better what, off well, making what are a run you saying out of that to your fan base? We're, we're saying, okay, we're good enough because we're always in the conference finals with a chance to go to the NBA finals. But if you keep running it back, if you keep doing the same thing, eventually you're going to realize, okay, maybe these two guys aren't capable of winning a championship together, mm-hmm. and I'm going to move off of them when they're no longer in their prime. I'm not sure that that's the route you want to go because uh, all of a sudden the fear of striking out keeps you from taking the big swing that can put you over the top. But is Tatum going to be out of his prime by the time I do this? Like if I wait another year, is Tatum out of his prime? Well, I mean, if you wait another year, he's not out of his prime. He's 25 years old. Right. I mean, there's more runway for both of these guys. Jalen Brown is just 26. So you have runway, but I think the question is if Jalen Brown isn't committed long-term to it, then why are you going to pay him? Why wouldn't you just move him this offseason and have another year with Tatum in a revamped core of players to have an opportunity to grow together and compete for championships? That's my point. Yeah, I, I would like to see them work around them because I think they've got other guys who are tradable and see what they could put around them this offseason to get better. I, that's what I would like to see. And I know that it may not work anyway. I'm willing to give it one more year. Before I do it, I'm not 
he may get his max contract extension. I don't think I'm going to have any problem trading Jalen Brown after this season, even if he gets the max deal. I don't. Do you think? No, I will? no, no. I don't think you're gonna. Well, Kevin Durant proved you're not gonna have a problem doing that if he's yeah. a really good talent. Like yeah. KD had four years left on his deal, something like that, and he was still able to. They were still able to trade him. And you're talking about a guy in his mid 30s. So right. I don't think you'll have that issue with a 26, 27 year old Jalen Brown. But that's not the point. The point is, if you don't believe that these two can get it done together, why are you gonna waste another year of Tatum in his prime? Well, that's. Do they not believe that yet? I don't know if they've come to that conclusion. Well, how long? Are, how long are we supposed to wait before we do? How many seasons does it have to? I think that's a fair question by? because we're talking about six years with these two guys being together. So we just four you, conference finals. So you'd go do it right now? I would explore it. It just depends on what trade is out there to be had. See, if you're going to tell me that, let's just say, for instance, mm. we're going to call Portland and say, "Hey, let's put together a deal around Jalen Brown and Dame Lillard." I'm absolutely on board with that. Right now, mm-hmm. today, I will do that. Because I think Dame Lillard playing together with Jason Tatum and then a, a good supporting cast around him, Chris, that would work. And I think Portland would be thrilled to do that kind of a deal because they're going to get a young, very talented player. And I think they'd be very happy with that. And it, again, it's just straight up, you figure out however it has to work. Yeah. That's the kind of guy, if I'm Boston, that I if I do it right now... I got a guy who's exceptionally hungry to win a championship. I got a guy that I know is a good culture guy Mm -hmm. from his years. And I got a guy that is capable of being superhuman in a big spot. Like, that checks all the boxes for me. No, I'm with you. I I think that makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, what about a guy like, what about a trade like a Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes from Toronto? And, and, And maybe potentially picks... Like, to me, those are the types of things that make sense. It might not be a one-for-one situation. Mm-hmm. And that's what you'd have to wrap your mind around. It's not a – doesn't no, have to I don't be think a it player be. of equal value. Yeah. It would have to be a combination of players and picks, but players that complement what Jason Tatum is and guys that can shore up some of the other weaknesses that your team may have. I think that's what Boston has to be looking at. But from a playmaking standpoint, it's obvious to me that the combination of Brown and Tatum just ain't enough. And, and, and Big Baby Davis talked about that. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, listen, we, we got to add another guy. They tried that with Kyrie. It didn't work. But for him to acknowledge that we might need to add another guy when they already have so much already on this roster, to me, that that that's an indictment on Tatum and Brown, your two superstars. Cantia Carlin, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can protect your home. Auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. In short, a lot of things. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Let's go to the flip side for a second because heat culture, heat culture, heat culture. It's all we talk about, right? Yeah. What about heat coaching? (laughs) Eric Spolstra has just once again proven the elite level of coach that he is. And Chris, if they win a championship, like right now, uh, it's not even about the championship so much. Right now, there are only three coaches that have more all-time postseason wins than Eric Spolstra. Mm-hmm. Phil Jackson, Greg Popovich, Pat Riley. Not just because of that, but because of everything that he has done. Eric Spolstra, for me, is right in that top five all-time NBA coach conversation. He has put himself there 
with this. And, and you know, you want to throw the fourth in being Red Auerbach? Then we got an interesting list beyond that. And you tell me where Eric Spolstra isn't necessarily uh, in the top five at this point. I think he absolutely is. I mean, he's a hell of a coach, right? He, yeah. he is a hell of a coach. Uh, I mean, the postseason success that they've been able to enjoy, but I think these last four or five years has really kind of crystallized it for you. For a team to be in the conference finals three of the last four years with this particular roster, built around Jimmy Butler as the centerpiece with Bam Adebayo as your other all-star and the development of Tyler Hero and guys like Caleb Martin and, and what we're seeing with the resurgence in Duncan Robinson and Gabe Vincent and Max Struess. Like, it just it speaks to his ability to instill confidence in his guys, but also from a tactician standpoint, come up with a plan that he can get complete buy-in from his locker room. To me, that that's one of the most impressive things that you see from Coach Bo. Anytime a coach has the confidence of the players in terms of putting a plan together where we can have success against any opponent, there's a lot to like when it comes to believing in that coach and believing in the upside of his team in any given year. It's what we saw with the San Antonio Spurs in the early 2010s when they were able to beat the Miami Heat in the NBA Finals. And I mean, not just beat the Miami Heat. I mean, crush the Miami Heat led by LeBron, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh. There's something to be said about a coach that can give his players the answer to the test where they never feel like they're outmatched, where they don't have a chance to compete, where they don't have a path to victory. You feel that way every time you watch the Miami Heat play. And the biggest reason why is because of Eric Spolstra. I couldn't agree more. If you're talking about the greatest coaches of all time, is he, let's let's take a couple and just you tell me who you'd rather have. Would you rather have Eric Spolstra right now or Steve Kerr? <sighs> I mean, how could you not say Coach Bo? How could you not say Coach Bo? I, I mean, I, I love what Steve Kerr does, but you're talking about having the greatest shooter the game has ever seen, the greatest shooting backcourt the game has ever seen, and an organization that will pay through the nose for talent. Would you rather have Spo or Larry Brown? Spo. Would you rather have Spo or Rudy T? Spo. Lenny Wilkins. Lenny got a lot of wins, but I'm going with Spo. Chuck Daly. I get it. I get it. This is the point. I get it. I yeah. mean, listen, he's 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 not quite in that territory with Phil Jackson, Pat Riley, and um no. and Greg Popovich. He's no. not there. But, but, but he's right on the outside. But he's right on the outside looking in. He's tier. He's he's the highest of tier two. Yeah, I mean, an hour back too. Yeah, but, hour back would be yeah. in that conversation too. I mean, those are the those, those that's the route Rushmore of NBA coaches, right? Yeah. If we're boiling it all down, yeah. And Eric Spolstra is right there. I'll tell you what. Think about last night for a second. You're Pat Riley. You have had all of the incredibly heated battles over the years that you've had with the Boston Celtics as coach of the Lakers. You hated the Celtics. Uh, You have gone back and forth with them here the last couple of years. And you lost on your home court last season in a Game Mm 7. You go up there, and you are handed the Bob Cousy Trophy as the Eastern Conference champions, and your MVP and Jimmy Butler gets handed the Larry Bird Award. Love and it. you're getting on your plane going home with those two suckers Love under it. your arms. Love it. 
There is nothing. I, mean, I told you, spite is the greatest, greatest of emotions that's underappreciated. I mean, that's got to be the thing that all of the places that Pat Riley has been have in common, right? They all hate the Celtics. Yeah, the Lakers, the Miami, and Knicks. Yep, like they all hate the they all hate the Celtics. <laughs> it's great. It's great. But I mean, when it comes to Coach Spo, though, man, like that's that's the part where you got to give it up for him. Like the fact that they have this infrastructure in place. Like Pat Riley is a big part of it, but. You know, coaching, you know, he's the one that, that, that touches every aspect of the organization. He's got his, you know, his, his his finger on the pulse of the front office. He's got a finger on the pulse of the locker room. He comes up with the game plans every single night out. And, and it's just the fact that these guys buy into what he is selling and they've been able to go on this type of run. I mean, you, you have to attribute that to coaching. You have to contribute that to the guys believing in the coach and believing in the star player, Jimmy Butler. Those two set the tone for the organization. And, and like I said, Coach Bo, if they were able to finish the drill, deserves to have his name in the pantheon of all-time great coaches in the NBA. Again, if they finish this, it is it might be the greatest championship ever won in the NBA. It might be. You, you mentioned a couple of them earlier. Detroit uh, was one that was highly unlikely. Yeah. And they beat the Kobe Shaq. Yep. yep. Kobe Shaq, Lakers, there have been some others. 2019 Toronto Raptors. Yep. Yeah. It's up there. Mm-hmm. You know, we've never talked about this. Is there any team that you really just enjoy watching lose? Or any town in particular that, like, you don't seem to have, and it's probably because you're well-adjusted to a degree, and that's problematic for me. Well, it's, the problem is I root for teams that everybody else wants to see miserable. Like, I played for the Dallas Cowboys, so I root for them. Everybody wants to see them lose. I love the Los Angeles Lakers. Everybody wants to see them lose. I root for the Yankees in baseball. Everybody wants to see them lose. So I have a sensitivity to folks rooting against my teams, and that's why I don't necessarily root or wallow in the misery of other sports fan bases. You're no fun. (laughs) I mean, I I have to – listen, after the last 20 years of, you know – the the city of Boston's whole identity prior to 2004 uh, was, you know, woe is us. You know, they had the no, run with had, the Celtics a little they bit. They had 2001 yeah. with the Patriots. True. But for the most part, it was, you know, we're the lovable losers in all this. Sure. But for the last 25 years, 23 years, they have had an amazing run in all of their sports. Yeah. Seeing last night, I was not disappointed on their on their home court. I just, I don't know what it is. I never really had a pure hatred for the Celtics or for Boston, but, you know, you, you've had enough. You've had enough. <laughs> when I see Bill Simmons' face on the screen, and he's just completely despondent. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Because you know what that was, Kennedy? What's that? That was a long goodbye. There you go. <laughs> that was a long goodbye last night. Sit through that entire night. Hoping they're going to come back and just knowing it ain't happening. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Up next, the Sixers hired Nick Nurse to be their head coach. And his decision apparently came down to the Sixers and the Suns. Did he make the right choice? We'll tell you about that. Plus, we want to hear from you at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. How do you fix the Celtics? And is it time to break up Tatum and Brown? Lines are open for you. Father's Day 
almost here. And if you're looking for the perfect gift, look no further than Omaha Steaks. They are perfectly aged, always tender, guaranteed delicious. The Father's Day experts at Omaha Steaks have made it easy to put a smile on the big guy's face this summer with hand-selected packages. I don't have kids, but I'll tell you what, when the Omaha Steaks showed up at my house last week, there was a big smile on my face, and we threw that uh, package immediately into the freezer. I've already had a couple of the burgers. We're going to hit some of the steaks soon. Oh, it is good stuff. Mouth-watering. Just head over to omahasteaks.com. Use promo code CANTY at checkout. Get $30 off your qualifying order. Now, for all the good stuff, you can choose from a variety of mouth-watering packages, packages including pork tender, bacon-wrapped filet mignons, or other gr- gourmet grillables like the air-chilled boneless chicken breasts, burgers, jumbo franks, and many, many more. And don't forget to save room for dessert. Most gift packages come with four delicious caramel apple tartlets. Is your mouth watering yet? Because mine is. Go to OmahaSteaks.com. Use code CANTY at checkout. Get $30 off an unforgettable gift that is guaranteed to make Dad's Day special. Because if there's one thing we know, it's that dads want steak. That's OmahaSteaks.com. Promo code CANTY at checkout. Minimum order required. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Sixers made the move. We'll get to that in a second. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. And on the ESPN app, just quickly... Did you watch the end of Succession? I did watch the end of Succession. What'd you think? 
the character, by the way, the you, character that I liked the least ended up doing exactly what I thought that character would do, which made me like them even less. So are you are you trying to not give up the the spoiler yeah, alert right wanna, now? I don't want to spoil it. We're, we're two days after the. No, fact. I'm not. I'm not doing it. All right, I'm not, not going to do it. If you want to be the bad guy, then go for it. I'm, I'm not, not going to be, be the one. I'm not going to be the bad guy because now you're going to make me look like the bad guy, and you know what my problems are with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll say this about it. Okay, it is exceptionally difficult when you have this level of show to do the finale the right way. I mean, how many people complained about the Sopranos finale? Yes. You know? Yes. I don't hear a word anybody complaining about this finale. No. I think they did it right. No, because all of the main characters, the central characters, don't have redeeming qualities. So it's just one of those situations where you don't want any of them to win, and that's exactly how it bared itself out. I, I thought that the person who ended up winning would be the person who ended up winning. I did think it going in, and I was I was kind of rooting for it. Mm-hmm. I was now I can't say why, but I was rooting for it. Okay, and we'll 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 talk about it by you know Thursday when the rest of America has gotten around to it. But here, and they're you, busy schedule. You know what's got to happen, though, big fella. And I mm. found myself this place on Sunday night. Yeah, and a few weeks ago because another show that I watched, Snowfall with Damson Idris. That that's another show that I watched pretty closely, and I felt a similar way when that series had its finale. I get so emotionally invested in these shows. Oh yeah, that go on for years, and they have multiple seasons. So when they have these series finales, it's almost as if I'm reacting like it's drama in my own life. Oh yeah, and that's oh a pro- yeah, that, that's how you know it's a well done show. Yep, but it's also a problem because I'm looking at the TV shows as my entertainment and my escape from reality. Like that's supposed to be my outlet. Yeah, that's not supposed to be something that gets me riled up. And I'm still fired up about how things ended with Franklin Sank from Snowfall. It still bothers me him walking down the street a drunkard. Like, I still can't get over what his mama did at the end that cost him all his bread. Like, I don't understand why my entertainment gets my blood pressure up this way. I should not be boiling from shows that I'm watching just to escape reality. That's good TV. Just relax. Well, it's, it's supposed to be mindless, though. Yeah. It's not supposed to get my emotions all in a, in a, in a tissy. It's, it's not supposed to happen. I didn't get stressed out the other night. I just sat. Oh, I was and, stressed. I was stressed the entire time. I, I just sat. I was stressed. And I watched and I enjoyed. I was invested. I, I will say this. I'm going to give this piece away. Yeah. When they had the board vote, I yeah. was stressed. Because you just, yeah. you just didn't know what was going to happen. And it was so stressful. See, I would argue... I did know what was going to happen. It was so, it, but it was so stressful. <laughs> big fella, it's like, it's like I was about to sit down and take the SAT when that moment happened in the show. That's how stressful it was. Like, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't need my television shows doing that to me. They're supposed to be mindless entertainment where I can relax, and it's doing the opposite of me because they're doing such a damn good job with the character development that just sucks you into the show. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, Sixers hired Nick Nurse, and I think it's a phenomenal, phenomenal move for the Sixers. Speaking of shows that have been entertaining uh, yeah. the last three years with Doc Rivers. No question. Uh, who, by the way, uh, according to our buddy John Gambadoro, is a finalist for the Phoenix Suns job. <laughs> I mean, come now, on. He's like a bad penny. He always going to turn up. He always going to turn up. <laughs> 
You <laughs> <laughs> said what you want about Doc Rivers. You know what? Highly employable individual, yep. Doc Rivers. Yep. We'll see him in the second round next year. <laughs> Highly employable. What's his name? Glenn? We we'll call him Glenn. Highly employable what? individual. <laughs> well, Canty, here's the thing. If you're Nick Nurse and you have the choice between, let's say you wanted to go with many, uh, Milwaukee, you wanted to get involved in the Suns and the Sixers, what's the best job of those three? If I knew Giannis was going to stay in Milwaukee long term, I'd say Milwaukee because they have right. the best player. I would agree with that. Like, like Giannis is a top two player in the world, and he might not be two. Now we've there, we've heard different things out there about whether or not okay, Gian, you know, Giannis really likes Adrian Griffin, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why they hired Adrian Griffin. Yeah. And Nick Nurse, uh, you know, maybe he heard they were going to hire somebody else, and he didn't want to. I I don't know. It raises a red flag for me to the fact that he ended up in Philadelphia as opposed to Milwaukee. Because if Milwaukee didn't wanted somebody else in front of Nick Nurse, they were wrong. Uh, Nick Nurse was the best choice of this group. Do you agree with that? I would agree with that. Okay, so that being the case, I if I'm Nick Nurse, I love this move because I don't want to go to the desert and go to Phoenix uh, with Durant and Booker, I love Booker. I don't know that I have enough and I can do enough to help support those guys. Chris Paul's a problem. I got to figure that situation out. You're not bringing out. him back. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the point is he's gone, and he even if he had been back, it would have been at uh, a, they have what are they on fifteen million? I think yeah. he's got to walk away with. Yeah. Point being, like they don't have the answer to take over for him right now. No. Everything that they had was traded for Kevin Durant. Yeah. So right now, I don't think it's a great situation in the West to try to win a championship right there. So if you're Nick Nurse and you go to the Eastern Conference and you you stay in the Eastern Conference, rather, and you end up with Embiid, there are a lot of things the Sixers can do over the next few years. Yeah, and, and, and it might not be this summer, right? That, right? I think that's the thing you have to keep an eye on. It might not be. It probably won't be this summer. But you're going to have options once we get to summer of 2024 because Tobias Harris's contract will no longer be an issue. I don't think James Harden is going to be an issue. He's clearly going to opt out, so he's probably going to go elsewhere this summer. Um, we'll see what ends up happening with P.J. Tucker. He's got a player option um, that he's got to decide on in 2024. So, But there will be a lot of flexibility in terms of what you can do from a salary cap standpoint, assuming that they decide to go ahead and extend Tyrese Maxey. Now you have those two players and Maxey and Embiid under contract for the foreseeable future, and you'll have a lot of money to be able to bring in another star and some other role players. So I just I like where Philly is from a roster construction standpoint, and I think they have enough resources in order to fill it around their best players. I agree. And if they could ever, ever figure out a way, whether it was a three-team trade or whatever, to find a way to get Lillard there. That's the move. That's the move. I I would love to see that happen this summer, but we've been talking about Damian Lillard being traded for the last three summers. Yeah, but you know what? This This is the time where it feels the most real. Because yeah, he's because, actually made those comments. Yeah, and then when you think about where the Trailblazers pick in yeah. this year's draft, it just they're right in that territory for another backcourt player, and they've already got backcourt players. So it just seems like this is the right time 
to move off of Damian Lillard. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We do get to some NFL in just a moment involving the Dallas Cowboys. They have a very big question that they have to answer very shortly. And it's been going on all offseason. And all of a sudden, it's kind of flown under the radar. We'll tell you about it next. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. It came up a lot early in the offseason, and all of a sudden, we haven't heard a peep about it. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, and that is the Dak Prescott, and the Cowboys would be talking about an extension, but it's been awfully quiet about that. I don't think it's a bad thing, necessarily. Chris, when we were talking about it, you were one of the first people that brought it up, Mm. and your point was, salary cap-wise, the Cowboys are going to need to do this here because they're going to get hammered at some point uh, very shortly with his cap number. But boy, I have to tell you, I don't think it's an awful thing to let this just go, because I am not by any stretch thinking that Dak Prescott is the answer in Dallas, and giving a contract extension, albeit uh, for bookkeeping reasons more than anything, makes it harder to get rid of him, and that's a problem for me. Yeah. And, I mean, here's the thing. I think we're going to find out this offseason how Dallas feels about Dak because if they do believe he's a championship-level quarterback, then by all means, give him the contract extension to lower his cap hit over the next two seasons because it's going to allow you to add more players to this roster and allow you to compete at a higher level. But if you have any questions or reservations about him being a championship-level quarterback, then you sit pat. And I'm more in the latter camp as opposed to the former because when I look at the landscape of the NFC East, I know that there is a quarterback definitively better than Dak Prescott. His name is Jalen Hurts. Definitively. And definitively. There is no question about it. Yep. Definitively better than Dak Prescott. And spare me the, oh, the Eagles have everything perfect. Listen, Jalen Hurts has shown the ability to be a force multiplier. If you don't believe me, look at the games he missed at the end of the regular season for the Eagles. Look at what they... The Eagles lost to the New Orleans Saints. You couldn't tell me who was playing quarterback for the Saints when they did, but it happened. S- spare me the whole supporting cast carrying Jalen Hurts. I honestly he can't was, remember right now. Jalen Hurts was the bus driver. So I know Jalen Hurts is the catalyst for the Eagles going on a Super Bowl run. I don't know if Dak Prescott can do that for the Cowboys, which is why if I'm Jerry Jones, I'm going to let the shot clock expire on Dak Prescott's contract. I'm going to actually make him go out there and prove it as opposed to paying him and being tied to him for the foreseeable future. Because if he goes out this year and he repeats what we've seen over the last two years, especially with the turnovers, 35 turnovers to to in 31 games over the last two seasons, including playoffs for Dak Prescott. If he goes out and continues that pattern with the turnovers, then I know two things. I know the Dallas Cowboys ain't going to the Super Bowl, and I know the Dallas Cowboys are going to be looking for a quarterback in 2024. So the Cowboys, uh, guaranteed salary for, if I'm reading this correctly, for Dak for 2024, the salary is zero, but the cap number is $59 million for next year. $59.5 million. It's the second highest cap hit to Deshaun Watson, who's at 64. Right. So yes. if, if you... Uh, you could theoretically cut him post-June 1st next year, and you would save a ton of money. 
I after don't, June I don't 1st. think you cut him. I think you trade him. He He's still a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. Well, so you don't, but I'm you saying, don't, like, you wouldn't be able to do it unless he maneuvered his contract. You wouldn't be able to do it before June 1st next year. Well, you you you'd work out you work out an arrangement. You trade, but you right. got you you trade him. You'd move off of him. Right is the whole point, and you'd move on to a younger quarterback that right. would be cheaper, but you know, hopefully, have more upside. But I think the indicator for us as sports fans and football fans is whether or not they do an extension this offseason. Because if they don't, then that means that Dak Prescott is playing for his job, and his head coach Mike McCarthy is probably coaching for his job as well. Those two are inextricably tied together. And Kellen Moore being fired only puts more heat, more pressure on the both of them. They better get this done or Jerry's going to make some changes. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.